Maybe tonight, like I'll be accused, you come to Parashish Mishpatim, so the over-anxious, like Yeshiva man, you quickly run to Baba Kama, thank you, Gabriel. You quickly run to Baba Kama, Baba Matiya, Baba Basra. It's always exciting, Parashish Mishpatim, you chazer, you chazer the Babas. And I want to learn with the Chavra, Gemara Baba we come to the parish of Bar, and there's a Gemara Babakama that I want to study with the Chevra. I think this Gemara Babakama has something to teach us that's so relevant to our lives. I think the more we like, like live this, this value and incorporate this value is a big key to success in the handling of our own lives. The Gemara Babakama Nun says as follows, the middle of the Sogyas, the middle of the fifth parak, which deals a lot with Bur. And the Gemara says as follows, Tan Rabbanan, Rabbanan learns, Don't take rats off one's property and put them into Rishus Rabbin. Not to be psycho from your Rishus to Rishus Rabbin. You're not allowed to do that. You can't take stones off your property and put it to just a rabbin. Some there's no lashon hara. Even on a guy, I'm not sure it's a good practice to say lashon hara. Here is like a shock when you turn the bend, you come down, you come down Boyden, and you make a left onto Cook Street. So there's a house there. I've caught this guy numerous times. It's something you won't think about much this year because we haven't seen much of winter this year. I don't know if the remembers there was something called snow that used to come in the winters. And Ravazi <laughs> said Yisrael is the only winter who's come to Waterbury this year. But, but there used to be something called snow. And <laughs> there's a guy, there's a guy, there's a guy who sits when you, when, when Boyd and you turn a left on to cook. I caught him this, this guy numerous times. I want to post the Gemara Babakama near his property. I've seen him blow his snow, the snow blower, and put his snow to the middle of the street, which is remarkably dangerous and remarkably selfish. And for anybody who has a snow blower, what you're supposed to do, of course, it blows the snow. You put it on your grass. <laughs> you don't, you're not supposed to take the snow. Now, you could say, if there's such an Indian that he's waiting, the snow plow gets in the street, but till the snow plow comes is very dangerous. And I've caught this guy a number of times. I've seen, you can't believe you watch a guy doing it. Like, <laughs> he's just putting the snow to the middle of the street. He doesn't know a Gemara Babakama. Mishpatim Bal Yadom. He doesn't know Mishpatim. And it's Pashat Isid, it's Pashat Adin. You're not let it take rocks from your property or snow as it may be here. Lushasaradman, you can't put it to the Rushasaradman. So this gentleman clearly doesn't know this Gemara Babakam and Nunamad Beis. But I want to study with the Chevra here the following story. Maisa Badamechad. The Gemara says a story with an individual. He was such a fellow. He was taking racks from his Rishus and put it into Rishasarabim. Umatsu Yachasrechad. A chassid caught him doing it. He was caught in the act by a chassid. Very interesting that the Gemara labels the guy who caught him a chassid. That's very instructive to me. When you follow the story, why does he have to be a chassid? Somebody caught him and yelled at him. 
I, I want to suggest, and it's very interesting to me, Gemaras don't say random details. Gemaras are so brief in stories. Every word said in a story is very instructive. Who cares who caught him? Some fellow caught this guy. Who cares who made the left on Cook Street and caught him? But it's important to the Gemara, Matsui Chassid Echad, a Chassid caught him. I think, I think, I think what the Chassid taught is, is Yiddishkeit 101. A Chassid is the Pirush that literally it's Lifnim Mishur Sadin. But I think there's something deeper to anybody who follows Messiah Sisharim. He says the first 12 Prakim is to be a Tzaddik and after is to be a Chassid. I think there's a, some mistake to just try above the letter of the law, so it's like extra credit. Tzaddik is what you're supposed to do, and Chassid's extra credit. I don't really think it means extra credit. If you follow Messiah Sisharim, his introduction, he says, Yisayda Chassidus V'shoyosho why does he tell us about Chasidus to start before Avaidas Sidgus is what's incumbent? And he starts his Sefer that the, the first parak, this is the Yisait of Chasidus. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, many people learn the first 12 Prakim and they stop there. I want to be a Tzaddik. Chasidus is extra credit and it's called Lefnim Mishur Sadin. I'm not sure that's how I view Chasidus. It is called in Chazal, it's a Gemara Bab it calls Chasidus Lufnim Mishur Sadin, but I want to say that it's not above the letter of extra credit. Lufnim Mishur Sadin means there's the law and then the, the attitudes that the law is trying to produce. A Chasid is the living application of the law. When, when the law is lived right, it will produce the Chasid. So it's above the letter of the law. It's more than what the law says. It's what the law tells you and teaches us. So that's what a chassid much more. Of course we're striving chassidus. Chassidus is if a person is sensitive and attentive to what the law is creating, becomes a chassid. The way I would like to define a chassid, I can't prove it to you. I'll be honest, like I, I have a friend who's a very thorough person. And he'll, he'll make such a claim, he'll study Shas every time he says Chassid. And I'll be very honest that I didn't do that. And, and it would take, somebody wants to research, it would be very interesting. I can't prove this. I can only say my encounters with Chassidus, where I've seen it used in Shas, lend me to believe that it's not talking about above the law. I want to even say here, why would it speak about a Chassid? I would call him a Tzaddik, by the way. Somebody made an infringement on the law and it said a chassid came and corrected him. Now, according to what I'm saying, he's going to teach a fundamental of what law is trying to create. You'll see in my chat why he's called a chassid. If chassidus is lufnim mishur sadin, there's no lufnim mishur sadin here. You're not allowed to do this. He didn't teach any chassidus. So why call him a chassid? He had no chassidus to teach. So it's a mere coincidence he was a chassid. A guy who happened to have done Mishur Sadin, of what significance to this story, he didn't teach any chassidus. What he taught was nothing short of the law itself. So why tell me about a chassid? A chassid came and, caught and taught Sidgus. So it's just like, you know, he's an overqualified teacher. <laughs> it's funny, he's overqualified. A chassid taught Sidgus. 
According to me, the translation of Chasidus is what the Torah is trying to, to, to create, an attitude. You'll see, Uhimamish taught Chasidus. It's nothing to do with Lefnimishur Sadin, it was just the law. But we'll see in a minute that a Chasid came and taught Chasidus. It will become more clear when, when we study this Gemara in a minute. It's a sh- but I, I don't want to say this is my raya from this Gemara. It's not. I have other chazal. To me, what I understand chasidus is somebody who gets what the Torah is trying to say beyond the law. So it's not extra credit, if you will. It's an understanding of what the law is trying to produce. That's my understanding of chasidus. If that's true, it makes a lot of sense Messiah Shashanim would start with Chasidus because if the law is trying to produce this, so the intended goal is Chasidus. It's not extra credit at all. It's actually the Saif Maise Machshavatil. It's actually the end game. The end game is Chasidus. If the entire purpose of the law is to create this, so then what you're striving for is Chasidus. If it's extra credit, so it's not when you're striving for extra credit, I want, you know, people will say this, you'll hear people say, I want to be a tzaddik, let's first be a tzaddik, it's so only learn the first 12 parakim, according to what I'm saying, chasidus is, is the law is intended to produce the chasid, so you can't, there's no such concept, oh, enough, I'll be a tzaddik, no, the tzaddik is, keeps the law, which produces the chasid, the goal is the chasid. So it says a chassid comes, and Amrlay. I was a little lengthy there, but remember, you had this fellow throwing rocks in the street, and the chassid came, and Amrlay. He says to this person breaking the law, "Reka, you empty head. Why are you taking rocks off the property that's not yours?" A strange thing. I picture if we would like imitate the Gemara and I would tell that guy, the corner, I'm calling him out, but you make the left, he's on the right side. You make the left on to Cook Street and I've seen the guy put the... So I would say to him, why are you taking the snow off the property that's not yours and putting it on your property? He's not. I mean, that's not what I'm doing. Sorry. He would laugh at me exactly like this. Guy laughs. The chassid says to the guy who's taking his properties full of rocks, he's taking them off, putting them in the street. The chassid said, why are you taking rocks off the property that's not yours and putting it on your property? Because I'm not. (laughs) That's not what I'm doing. And the chassid's like, he calls him an empty head. The chassid's calling him dumb. Now he's evil, not dumb. When I pass by that guy, I don't look at him that he's dumb. I get it, he cares about his side, his property, he doesn't care about our property. I wouldn't call him dumb, I'd call him evil and selfish. The chassid calls him dumb, Reka, you're empty. The chassid calls him dumb. Very interesting. I wouldn't have said he's dumb. When I pay, I would never say Reka. Sharp lines are very exact. I would never call him empty, Reka. You empty. Now, it's funny, I shouldn't even say the word dumb, and you'll, I, I'm going to say a pshat that it's very exact. He calls him empty. I really should use that word that he says, Reka, you empty. We'll get in a few minutes that the attack is very, he says, you're empty. Not dumb? 
He says rake, and you could say it's a, it's a brain that's empty of intelligence. The word might be a different shot, we'll see in a minute. But he calls him rake, you empty one. Very interesting. Empty one, why are you taking from the property that's not yours to the property that's yours? And this person, Ligligol, just laughs. Like, you're looking at me strangely. He laughs at the chassid. He laughs at the chassid. If the chassid would have called him selfish, he wouldn't laugh at the chassid. I have this rule that when you give muster, that's true, it works. Truth is recognizable. When you tell people off in a way that resonates, why wouldn't they listen? People accept the truth. If you give muster constantly and it doesn't work, you have to ask yourself, maybe I'm not teaching the right thing or the right way. Because people listen to the truth. The truth resonates usually. And here, the, the guy laughs. So, if, if he would have said to this guy that you're so selfish and you just care about yourself, you don't care about us, he wouldn't laugh. He might disagree. There's nothing funny about that. He would say, okay, shrug, I'm selfish, aren't we all? He probably would answer, aren't we all? Okay, but he wouldn't... It would hit home, you're so selfish. He didn't tell him you're selfish. He said, you're putting it on your property and you're taking it off what's not your property. See, he just laughs. He said, you're clueless. <laughs> you're clueless what you're saying. And he laughs. Liyamim, later on, it, came, it happened. Nitzrach limkar sadeyu. He has to sell his own field. And he's walking in the very Rishasarab where he put the stones. And he trips on his own stones. Amar, he says, he trips on his own stones. And he says, Oh, did that chassid get it right? Oh, did he say good? It's a very strange story that why the chassid become right? <laughs> he had to sell his property at the time. Like the, and he all of a sudden understands the chassid. Do I, do I understand the chassid? Do you understand the chassid? The chassid said a bizarre thing. Later on, he has to sell his property. And he says, Yafar, the chassid said, Shtark. Why did the chassid say Shtark? He didn't say Shtark at all. At the time, I owned it. He, and the chassid called me so empty, so devoid of understanding. I wasn't so empty, I wasn't stupid. At the very least, I just was selfish. So why did the chassid say good? What did the chassid say? And the way I, I want to say, the way I understand this Gemara, to me it's exact chassidus. The Chayvus Halvavus writes about our wealth, and he says something rather shocking the observation of how a Yid views wealth, and in light of the Chayvah Salvavus, this Gemara is, is, is gorgeous. And the Chayvah Salvavus says that we, you, we, the way we understand ownership, the world says ownership, anything that's yours, you own. The Chayvah Salvavus says about all our money that it's pekadin by you. God puts our money by us. When I say our money, I mean any talents and abilities. You're allowed to utilize what you need today, Chayev. A Pekadon, I could say, and hold this money. What you need to live, no problem. And the rest, you decide where you put it. And he says, that's the Jewish way. That's the Yiddish Ashkafa Satira of a person's wealth. That it's a Pekadon by him. He can utilize from the Pekadon what he needs to live. And the rest, Hashem put by him to decide where it goes. 
amazing attitude to money, which comes out, which comes out that ownership is the right to choose where it goes. We call this in the Lashna Gemara Taivasana. What we own in our money is only the right to decide where to put it. That's ownership means. It, it doesn't mean it's yours. It's the right to decide where. The Pasuk says, Ishes Kedoshav Layiyah, talking about Shumas and Maisris, says you own it. Ishes Kedoshav, that which is Kadesh, Shumas and Maisris, Layiyah, you own. Really? You own Shumas if you eat it, you're Chayat Misa. Says Chazal, you own it, you have a right to put decide which Kayin takes it. You would think a Kayin could just come to your house and run away with your truma. Ishes Kedoshav means you have a right to decide to which Kayin you give the truma. You have a right to decide to which lady you give the Maisen. That's funny, the Pasuk says it's yours. That's misleading. Ah, it doesn't really mean it's yours. It just means Taivisana. Shucks. According to what we're studying in the Chayim Salvavis, that's what yours always means, the right to decide where to put it. Bailus does not mean that you own it. It means you have a right where to put it. What you truly have is not what's by you. It's where you put it forever you have where you put it. Forever you have where you put it. That's all you ever owned where you put it. And the right to put it, and where you put it is what you have. Where you put it, that's, that's where it stays, and that's what you have. Your shaykh is to this, is you decide where it goes. How you utilize it is only what you have. There's, there's in a person's good voice, all the, at the end, of, after 120, what does he have of his good voice? All the places he put it. All the times he used it, that's what you have for eternity. Of anybody's money, logically. What he has in Eilam buzz, all the choices he made, where to put his money, that's his eternally. The places we put it is what we keep forever. Good looks, charisma, anything we have, we don't stay charismatic in Eilam we don't stay good looking, we don't stay rich. The rich man is not rich in Eilam His money doesn't go after him. So what, so what of his money stays? Wherever he put it, that's what he has forever. So where we put it is what we have. Very, like an attitude that's true. This is, it's called chasidus, because that's exactly what chasidus is. Understand what the law is saying. Do you know, it says on Trumas and Maestros that it's yours, and you're not allowed to eat it or have Hana, and it calls it yours, because you decide where it goes. It's not being cute. Oh, come on, like... I got excited. This is the first time we stood at our Sinai now and we learned the halachas. And Hashem said, Yes, I get to keep my truma. No, I don't mean you get to keep it. You can't touch it. Don't eat it. Don't be nana. You could decide who it goes to. That's always bailus. The ability to decide where it goes is bailus. That's bailus. That's what, that's what we understand ownership is. The right to decide where to put it. If so... That's exactly what the, the chassid, this chassid who gets Tyra is telling him Reka. It's interesting. Reka could mean like an empty brain. I wonder if he's saying you don't have anything because you don't care where things go. You're taking rocks from your property and putting them on Rosh So you're doing bad stuff. You're doing bad stuff is emanating. Your property's not yours. You literally, you literally remain empty. 
Your dealings with the rabbim are negative, are hurtful. So many ways you're, you think you're protecting your own properties, not yours. How you deal with the rabbim through your own property is all you have. You're left empty. You don't give and you just, you're protecting what's not yours. You don't have anything. If you protect what you suspect as yours, a guy like guards his stuff, that's what you're doing when you empty your property of rats. You see what you have, you're protecting, you're very careful, you're taking all the snow off your property. But your dealings with the Rishos HaRabim, your impact on others, you're messing up. You're the ultimate person, you don't have anything. And it could be, it could be. I don't know if this is Drash, he calls him Reka, you empty. It could be an empty head, it could be empty, you're bereft of all. You're the ultimate empty one, because you, what you're dealing with others, what you give to others, are just putting rocks in the streets. So, and he says to him, why are you doing from the property that's not yours? What's by you is but a pecadon. You, you, you protect what's not yours. All you have in your thing is how you utilize it for the Rishos HaRabim. To the Rishos that's yours is the world of Rishos HaRabim. When he tripped walking the street, it, it, it spoke to him what the Chassid said. Later on, he's in the street. He saw his own possession. He doesn't even have any more. So was that really Bailus, that which I lost so easily? And in the place where he interacted with the Shazarabim, caused himself to trip. And what he saw is that the Chassid was right. This lesson the Chassid taught, what we have is how we utilize it towards others. What we give or take from others, that's what we have or don't have forever. Our interactions with others, how we utilize it for the benefit of others, that's what we keep forever, that's what we have forever. A man, his trumas, his maestras, that's what he has. There are mefarshma, could be, I don't want to say there might have been archaim HaKadosh, and it's not different. I love when drash and pshad are not really different. Ishes Kedoy Shavlaiya, I for sure saw in a Chesidish Sefer, it might be the Archaim HaKadosh, but in a Sefer, us Chesidim learn, I don't remember for sure, but I saw homiletically translate Ishes Kedoy Shavlaiya. The Pashat Shad of Chazal is you own Shumas Amaisis. It means you own as you decide where it goes. I saw like a Chesidish Shavshat, Ishes Kedoy Shavlaiya is your Kedosh of that which you use wholly, that's what you have. Ishes Kedosh of that which you use in a Kedosh of the Kuwait, Lo Yiyah, that's what you have. I love it because the Drash and the Pshad are not really very different. Where the Pshad is saying, you know what Bailus means? Your decision, where to use it. And the Chesidish Pshad is, you know what you have, what you utilize right, you have forever. They're not really different. Licked and Pshad is that Drash. What in the pshat of saying that what, what's ownership? It's not a trick of Hashem. I have seen this. Don't 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 be surprised. I've seen this countless times. That what's called Chasidish Shatira really lies true in the in the pshat in the pasuk. And even though it's not what the pshat is saying, but the chasidus of the pshat chasidus, the the implication of saying you own it. And no, it was a joke. I don't know. I just got sorry way to put it. Oh, that's called ownership. Fits very well with this drash that you know what you own, what you as kedush of that which is used in a precious way. That's what you have forever. Your precious decisions and how you used it, la yiyah. That's what you have forever. And the attitude of bailos, 
not just on money, on all our, on all our time, the attitude of bias on time, I own my time. The attitude on bias of everything is the decision we are to put it. On time, it strikes me a lot. This sense we all have, life is pressure, and we have a lot on our plate, and we own our time, the right to decide where we're going to utilize it, where, how we're going to turn it into something, what we're going to do with it. We do own that right where we put it. And where we put it is what we have forever. We have that time, where we put it. We put it in things of meaning the time. We have it forever. Money we make, talents we have. We put it in precious places and that's what we have. That's how we understand Bailus. It's all owned by Hashem. It's all owned by Hashem. The right and the, the tremendous honor that Hashem put it by us with the right to decide where it goes. This line that the Chassid taught this Reka, this empty head, or empty one who cares about his own property and doesn't care how he deals with the Rabbin. And he says, you're mixing up life. How you deal with the Rabbin, that's what you have. That's all you have is your interaction to the, to the Rabbin. So you're essentially treating the Rabbin by dumping snow on the Rabbin. That's the Rishoshalcha. That's what you're going to have forever. And he sees that when he trips on his own stones. He senses that lesson. That's what I have. That's what I'm busy with. That's what I'm going to always have. And my own property is not what I have. Temporarily, it's by me. But that's only Pekadon. And when he loses it, he sees that. So I wanted to learn this really beautiful Gemara Babakama. It's Nunamudez. So that was the little piece of Babakama. I wanted to study a Ramban for very, very brief because I think there's, it's amazing Ramban and there's a lesson that I wanted to learn from this Ramban. The Pasuk has very interesting, it speaks somebody hits his father or his mother, Maisumas. Manolotzlan, somebody hits their parents. So it says, Maisumas, Chayiv Misa. Then it says, going the next Pasuk, somebody who kidnaps. Venimsa Biyada, the person really was by them. Maisumas. And then it says, one who curses his parents, Maisumas. And the Ramban asked the obvious question that the first Pasuk speaks about hitting a parent. So the next Pasuk should be cursing a parent. Hitting a parent and cursing a parent is Chayiv Misa. Kidnapping is Chayiv Misa. But it interrupts. Hitting a parent is Chayiv Misa. Kidnapping is Chayiv Misa. Cursing a parent is Chayiv Misa. Why does it split up hitting and cursing a parent? Those should be back to back seems rather strange to put in between hitting a parent, kidnapping, hurting, a, and then cursing a parent. Why, why they broken up? Stiramban says very pshatavadik. There are gishmak machshavos to think about. Stiramban says very pshat, gishmak, gishavseher inyan, but gishmak. He says that maka aviv and gainev ish have the same chi of misa. He says those two is misasai b'chenek. Those two, the Mises Chenek, if you look at Rashi, Rashi on the spot, you could even tie the Rashi doesn't say why he's saying it. Rashi on both these Psukim of Misa, Mais Yumas, on Makav V'imai, hitting a pair, Rashi says Bechenek. On kidnapping, Rashi says Mais Yumas, Bechenek. And he says, any Misa, the Torah says, Stam is Chenek. And he says, Rashi asks the Kashi, he says, Hifzika Inyan, and it says, Gainiv Ish, Timaka Avimai, Kala Avimai, 
he brings that to Machlaikis, Machsha, Kalaklalam, I said, Loy Machshinani. The Ramban speaks out Lehedya that the reason it introducts, the reason it, it, it blocks it, is because both for hitting a parent as Chenek, for kidnapping Chenek, for cursing a parent, and Rashi brings Maisumas as Skela. Maisumas by cursing a parent as Skela. So the break in the order is the first two are Chenek. That's why it interrupts with kidnapping. They don't have the same punishment. So it sticks in. Hitting a parent, chenek. Kidnapping, chenek. Cursing a parent, skila. What's rather remarkable is anybody who learns Sanhedrin, we're learning the Baba Sanhedrin, we're learning a lot of Nazikin in, in, in this week's Parish Mishpatim. All of us know that skila is a worse Einish than chenek by a lot. Skila and Sreif are the worst, are the harsher too. And now comes out something rather shocking. For physically hurting a parent is less of an Einish, is Chenek. For cursing a parent is a worse Einish, Skila. It's worse to curse a parent than to physically hit a parent. That's rather remarkable. <laughs> Pretty incredible. And I want to say we're a people, and in the parsha of Mishpatim is the parsha of Lashon Hara. We say Achayim v'amavas b'yad alashen. It's rather dazzling that our Torah and we're zayichet to be aware of Torah. Said of days It's a worse punishment to curse a parent than to hit a parent. You know, it's like sticks and stones will break up. So names will never harm me. In our world, to curse a parent is a worse einish than to physically hit them. Such is the power of the mouth. The power of attacking with the mouth is a worse einish than physical. I think we, we talk about Hasidah studying Torah and learning from Torah ideals and values to Goyim, to many people who don't know Torah have a sense it's just words. It's just words. And the Torah, the attitude we say every day we start davening, Baruch She'amar V'hayayim. Shem spoke and created the world. Amir, the world was created with words. It's not shocking to any of us. I don't, it's funny, when I read this, nobody looked shocked. I think if it was Chas Vashom, a secular audience, for hitting a parent, which is a worse crime? Hitting your parent or cursing them? I think to a secular audience, obviously hitting, you got physical. I mean, bad enough, you said not, you got to us, no. To us, our Torah teaches us that for cursing parents, is a worse Einish than hitting parents. And the Einish of cursing a parent. But I want to get to something more specific. I am moved by the general power of speech, by the power of speech, I think it bears teaching our own families this on Shabbos. I think it's rather amazing. I think you talk about Hasidus, attitudes of the Torah. In our world, Shmuley, speech is big. You, you rip somebody's a big deal. The parish of Lashon Hara, a guy gets a worse einish for cursing his parent than for hitting them. We don't look where you got physical. You said it, you said it, you said a disgusting thing. I think that's remarkable already. Just the power of speech and how seriously we take speech. We're not a people who said, okay, it's just words. Speeches, we will make our wives with speech. You make something holy with speech. And it, we're a people who put a lot more power in speech, than I think people who don't know Torah. 
And in our world, for striking a parent, a horrible thought, but what's worse yet is cursing parents. But I want to bring something else out. And what I want to say is there's an Indian of Kibbut Aveim, to respect parents. And certainly we respect parents, it says, it says, Sai B'maisa B'dibur There are laws of action, there are laws of speech and laws of thought. The Chayadam writes that the Iker Kavayid is B'machshava. The main covet is up here. The main covet, chayif depends. When we say to be mechabit parents, it means to hold of them. That's what it means to be mechabit parents. Rabbi Chaim Shmulavis used to beg people. He said, your parents, you should think of one midah, one attribute they have, and respect, because respect is the ikr respect is what you think. It's rather remarkable. Iker covered his b'machshava, this important mitzvah. So he used to advise his talmidim often to come up with some midah, some attribute of the parents that you like identify them. That's your picture of your parents. Because you want to be mekayim, kibud. And the ikr is what are you thinking about them. There's a din to be mechabed a yid. Iker covers b'machshava. Reb Chaim Shmulevitz would advise to see good things in people. Because Iker covered is b'machshava. Think a good thought, be mechavit, and think something precious in your mind about them. Iker covered b'machshava. And I want to say that to me, this halacha reflects that. If the Iker covered was your action, then I still believe striking would be worse than cursing. In the action, l'chayra, deeper is not a maise, came as I vite to a maise. So in, if, if the Iker Iser, if the Iker covered was the Misa, then the Iker breach would be hitting over talking. If the Iker covered is the Machshava, so then already I can hear that cursing is a worse sense of the Machshava, of what you're holding. The ability to say such things, the covered is, is much more of what are you saying about them and to them. To be Mekalo means that you're breaching the Machshava. In the world of Machshava, being Mikalal is a more direct breach of the Iker Kavit. The Iker Kavit is holding of them. Bimaisa could be, people say, I didn't mean anything, I was angry at the moment. Now, I admit that you could tie that on being Mikalal also, but Mikalal is a direct breach of Kibud. Kibud is Bimachshava. Mikalal is you cheapen them, you curse them out. The most direct breach, what? No, so it has to be a deeper. It has to be a deeper. Rav Aaron's right that if a guy would think a killer, there's no chiyav misa. But to me, the being mekalal is the most direct breach of kibud. You, you verbally spoke out the opposite of holding of them is you curse them out. The most direct breach of kibud might be mekalal. So again, the fact the power of deeper is very much here in the fact that this is a chayadam. And I don't know if this answers it up to everybody. It's a funny thing. A person hits his parents is less of an einish than cursing them. If what we're saying, what we're saying is true, it's a chayadim that the ikr covered is b'machshava. So then the breach that's most direct to that is a different type of machshava. When you curse them, you openly breached holding of them and holding them special. It could be somebody katayin hitting is also shows is megala that. But the thing that directly is the breach of covet is Mekalim. Lemaisa, I wanted to share that Chayadim. I thought that's an important Chayadim to know that the Chiyav to be Mechabit parents. 
parents, the ikr is b'mashavah. That's very demanding. It's very demanding. You could picture a guy, and if this, the Torah is real, the Torah is emes. You could picture a guy who's incredibly careful with his parents, stands up when they walk in, serves them, visits them, calls them, and doesn't hold of them, and they're not really mekayim, keep it avem. The best thing for us all, as much as we can, as much as we can with our parents, is to identify a positive attribute that they have and see them that way. Iker covered is b'machshava, is holding stark as much as we can of our parents. All the chiyum of kibud to be mechabed another yid. Iker covered is b'machshava. Hamlachtecha chavercha is one of the questions they ask us. They ask 120 when you mechabed your friend. And be mechabed our friend would mean not just we didn't speak badly to him. It means b'machshava. The Rambam says a Rebbe has to be mechabed is Talmud. The Iker covered be b'machshava. It's not what you say to him. It's did you end up, did you really hold of him? Rev Hirsch writes that the bedrock of education the basis of all chenech is to kavod, is respecting the youth. Rav Hirsch writes, they all mean the same thing. That's ikur kavod is b'machshava, and holding is the most important. I'm not sure, and I, I, I'd love to debate. I'd love to think about. It. I'm not positive. I'm right. I'm saying if that's the ikur, the Chayadim writes it's ikur, then it's not so strange to me that mekalo is a worse breach than maka. One could, if the ikur was the actions. So it would seem to me that maka would be the worst. If the ikr is respect, then you could debate. Then I'm not sure. Cursing somebody, hitting. The ikr is the machshava. I'm not sure. Somehow to me, there's something about that the ikr is the machshava, that mekalo might be a bigger breach. One could argue with me. One could say even if the machshava, smacking them is not a very good machshava, it's debatable. I certainly could hear, if again, if the ikr of covet is the actions, so smacking a parent, I, I don't see how it wouldn't be a bigger breach than cursing. It's the furthest action from covet. If the ikr covet is what you hold to them, so it's not surprising cursing them out is a worse breach than hitting. But I'm not sure. One could, it's debatable. It's debatable if you like that terrace. Maybe you weren't bothered by the cash because in our world, words could be worse than physical in our world. So it could be, if you weren't bothered by the cash, excellent. Lemaisa, this fact is true. I think it bears studying. The fact that one hits a parent is not punished as much as cursing a parent is rather remarkable. At the very least, it speaks about the power of deeper. I'm claiming that this might connect to that which the Chayadam writes anyway. So I want you to know the Chayadam, and the Chayadam writes that the Iker covered is B'machshava. To me, then, the breach of cursing is understandably might be worse than the breach of hitting. Lemaisa, that's the halacha. It's a worse einish. That nobody could deny. The halacha is that for cursing a parent, chas v'sholem, is chi of skilo. For hitting a parent is a chi of chenek. And that's an open mishnah in Sanhedrin that skilo is the worse einish than chenek. So go figure. If you have a different shot, I'd be interested in hearing. I wanted to share this Yes, you can't